Welcome to the Value Investor TV podcast. This is the podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Becco, and I have a special guest today, Jason Crom. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Becco. Glad to uh, be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So, you know, Jason and I met um, online, and uh, we thought it would be a great opportunity for Jason to come on to the podcast to explain to you guys what it looks like as you know, day in the life of, uh, of a CFO. Um, and also talk about his company, Hall of Fame um, Village, so uh, which you know recently went public. Uh, so we'll talk more about that in the second episode. Uh, but first, Jason, um, really good to have you here. Um, yeah, it's really um, opportune time because there's a lot of things that we need to talk about in terms of your business, <laughs> uh, in terms of the market condition, uh, especially yeah. also uh, uh, kind of the way that you guys went to the public market, all those things involved. Yeah. With your company, there's a lot to talk about. So really excited to get started. But um, you know, before before we do that, um, can you give us a quick intro of, of who, who you are, what the company's all about? Yeah, start. sure. No, uh, yeah, and thanks again for having me on. So yeah, my name is Jason Crom. I'm the uh, chief financial officer of the Hall of Fame Resort and Entertainment Company. Um, and what we are is is just that we're a resort and entertainment company uh, where we leverage the power and popularity uh, of professional football. Uh, at a 30,000 foot view, because I'm sure we'll dive into uh, greater details as this conversation continues, Becco, but we really operate across three main verticals. The first being destination-based themed assets, uh, the second being our media vertical, and the third being our, our gaming vertical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those three verticals, uh, really exciting kind of sort of different verticals, and we'll talk about sort of mm-hmm. long-term strategy and what that means. You guys lay out very clearly on the 10K um kind sure. of the the three-phase strategy which we will talk about in the second episode but thanks for the yeah. sort of high level overview um so before we talk about kind of the company and um the details of the strategy you know i think it would be interesting to kind of understand your personal journey as a cfo yeah. and how you got to where you are today running you know hall yeah. of fame village and before that you know you were in you were you were serving as sort of finance you know, in, in a financial role in various different industries. So as mm-hmm. uh, Steve Jobs would say, connect the dots. Tell us about <laughs> your story, how you sort of ended, you know, how you ended up where you are today. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. It's, it's, been, uh, it's been a windy road um, across all these different industries, but um, you know, I've just learned so much through my career up to this point. Becco, I, I wouldn't change it for anything. Uh, you know, I started my career uh, at Johnson & Johnson where I graduated from their financial leadership development program. Uh, while I was at J&J, I also went back to school, uh, got my MBA at night and, and on the weekends uh, at NYU uh, in Manhattan. Um, and then from there, you really had roles of increasing responsibilities across all those different sectors, including pharmaceuticals uh, with companies like J&J, Novartis, uh, medical devices with Philips Healthcare, uh, consumer products with uh, Stanley Black & Decker, uh, food and beverage with the Hershey Company. Uh, and retail with uh, with Abercrombie and Fitch. You know, every other organization I've been a part of before this has been you know publicly traded. They've been around for over a hundred years. So this is really my first startup experience when you know I joined Hall of Fame Village, which is now Hall of Fame Resort and Entertainment Company. And yeah, I, I've got to tell you, I I'm really loving it. Uh, you know, when I went back for my MBA, uh, one of my specializations was entrepreneurship and innovation because I really thought you know as a finance leader. There's a lot of value to add in these sorts of situations where not everything is black and white. 
where you don't have perfect data, but really trying to guide you know, data-driven analysis and decision-making uh, across the entire organization. That's always been something that's, that's been a driver for me uh, throughout each of my roles and, and all of my positions as, as I've grown through my career. So um, like I said, I, I'm thrilled to be here at the Hall of Fame Resort and Entertainment Company. Uh, it's an experience uh, unlike any of the others that I've had before. Um, but that's just a you know quick view of, of how I've gotten to uh, to where I am. And um, you know, I, I think one of the key things to, to point out for everybody is really you know, as a finance function, it, it's staying flexible, being adaptable to, uh, you know, changes in the business and, and really being that uh, support for the rest of the organization and, and being that kind of objective shareholder in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, kind of your circuitous route to where you are today, the Hall of Fame <laughs> Resort and Entertainment yeah. Company. Sorry about, I, I messed up the name uh, up front there. It's Hall of Fame Resort no, no, no and worries. Entertainment Company, not Village. Um, yeah. Yeah, so like your circuitous path to where you are today, the fact that this is your first sort of startup experience, it is interesting to think about like publicly traded company as a startup because that's sort of yeah. not not the mindset that people think about. But ultimately, right. it's just it's just a way of financing the company. Ultimately, startup, you know, you can have you know different kinds of startups, and with the recent mm-hmm. sort of um, frenzy sort of in the market uh, to raise money in the public market and sort of like. The, you know, public market being really hot in terms of raising mm-hmm. capital, startups can certainly be in a startup phase while at the same time being public. So that's kind of a shift I right. feel that is that is new in the market dynamic. Mm-hmm. So which you know we sort of will talk about later, um, yeah. SPAC and everything else. But it mm-hmm. is interesting, kind of your your path um, from you know from from uh, pharmaceutical industry to this, this now sort of. Um, uh, a sports and enter- entertainment industry, and and but the the key theme there, from your perspective, is really driving decisions based on you know financial data and you know making sort of that those decisions uh, approaching from that angle. Right. Yep. Exactly. And um, yeah, I I've grown up as a huge sports fan, so you know just being in in the sports industry now, Becco, is just something you know I've I've always said if I had the opportunity, um, you know I I would jump at. So you know being here at a resort and entertainment company, but really based on leveraging the popularity, the power of professional football uh, is just really something that you know, I'm super passionate about. Um, and especially when you're working in the startup space, it's really, really important uh, to just make sure you're passionate about the business. Uh, you know, we're, we're a team of about 30 people right now. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll grow that obviously, but uh, the culture that we're building too is just, it, it's phenomenal. It's a great uh, you know, match with how, you know, I think it's, you know, we're, we're in this together. Uh, we call ourselves, you know, teammates all the time, not just because we're a sports business, but because we know, um, you know, we're shoulder to shoulder and chipping in any way that we possibly can to uh, continue to, to drive the business forward. And, you know, day in the, in <laughs> at our company uh, from the CFO seat, you know, no day is, is like any other, um, yeah, I mentioned, you know, I, I appreciate the gray areas where, you know, we can help in terms of not a lot of data on this, but we really need to drive a strong decision. How do we do that? Um, being able to have those conversations with cross-functional business partners is really, really important. You know, there are days where I go from one meeting where I'm reviewing invoices um, to the next meeting over the next half hour, talking about the five-year growth plan across all three of our verticals. So you really just need to stay flexible, be very, very adaptable. Um, and, I'm sure we'll we'll talk about this at some point, but you know, I'd be remiss to not mention you know COVID and the impact that it had on us as you know a small company 
in the process of going public when COVID hit, um, you know, our, we had to make some changes. You know, the whole organization worked remotely for a period of time, which you know, it's, it's tough, but everybody got used to it and we continue to dri- drive the business forward. But you know, we're really feeling like we're turning the corner, feeling you know, very, very energized. You, there, there's more vaccines out there. Um, you know, the, the governor of Ohio is starting to set out, here's what needs to happen to um, you know, open up outdoor activities. And, and we've got a really nice slate um, as long as we're able to uh, to have them in the, in the back half of the year uh, of events scheduled across, you know, the Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium on campus, uh, including the Women's Football Alliance Championships this summer, uh, two Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinements, uh, the NFL preseason kickoff game between the Steelers and the Cowboys, uh, and the Highway 77 Music Fest that we've announced. And you know, that's that's actually started already. Um, we're, we're hosting youth tournaments at our sports complex over the past few weeks. So we're, we're starting to see you know ourselves turn the corner. And that's just really you know energized us as an organization as well. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, a lot, lot, sort of, lot to kind of unpack there, um, if I could, mm-hmm. for a second. So you talked about sort of the sure. impact of COVID-19 and how you had to be flexible. That's sort of one thing that you mentioned. Another thing you mentioned is as it relates to that sort of day in the life of, of, a, of a public a CFO of a publicly traded company, a small one at that, um, you know, I'd like to kind of talk about the second part first and then go into the COVID in, in a bit more detail. And so yep. day in the life of, of a CFO of a publicly traded company, you know, at, sort of, and then tie that to your previous experience in other companies. So maybe maybe talk, walk us through perhaps some of the differences or similarities across different functions that you served uh, you served in. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, I I'm actually you know, kind of struck back as I think back on a lot of the similarities. So um, you know what we're doing now, we're building processes. Uh, we are a startup, um, but at the same time, you know, work needs to get done. We need to do it efficiently. We need to maximize uh, the resources that we have uh, on our teams and, and across uh, the organization. So from that perspective, not much of a change, but like I said, probably the biggest thing that sticks out from my perspective as, as a difference is just needing to be so flexible, so adaptable. Um, I, I mean, there's stuff in terms of analyses and spreadsheets and things that you know, I've been working on that I haven't done for you know, the past couple of years in my career. Um, so you know, I pivot to that, get that done and then boom, Again, move off to um, you know the fa- financing vehicles that uh, you know we brought in the five-year plan across all three of the verticals. How do they work together? Uh, you know the overall strategy of our organization and how we drive that forward. So, um, and again, I, I sort of you know, draw energy from that uh, because it, it's really uh, what I enjoy. I, I don't like to come in and have a to-do list of ten things that I need to just check off throughout the day. I'd rather come in on that scale of, you know, <laughs> very standardized versus uh, I, I wouldn't go as far as chaos, but, um, you know, it, it's just not knowing exactly what you're going to work on throughout the day that I actually enjoy because it just learn It just means you're learning as you go uh, and that you're really helping to drive the business forward. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, with the established companies, obviously you have, I don't want to say the word callous, but kind of set in stone processes that's you have to you just have to follow that whereas in a startup mm-hmm. like yours um you really are in a mode of creating process and being really dynamic and so i really yep. appreciate uh, appreciate that part of it and you know it's not for everybody right startup isn't for everybody right. and yep. so that that's that's good that um 
appreciate the the comment there on that one. And then for the COVID nineteen, um, the fact that you have to be you know very flexible, the fact that you know you basically right in the middle of it, right? That <laughs> you went, you decided to go public, and you're basically running a team of thirty people, so not big at all for a publicly traded mm-hmm. company. Um, you know, obviously, there's a. It's not just obviously you. The whole team is involved. And so what was that like, you know, sort of shepherding the whole team um, through this kind of rough, rough times? And obviously, at the end of this, you know, we're now sort of entering a phase where it's looking really bright for you and a lot of a lot of things mm-hmm. in the pipeline. So turning the corners uh, here uh, in this quarter and, and the next. Um, so talk talk to us about sort of the importance of your team, team members and, and what that was mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say, Beko, in terms of you know, working through COVID-19 and all the challenges that it brought to us as an organization, it really revolves around communication. Um, you know, our, our CEO, Mike Crawford, is, is just one of the you know, best leaders I've worked for, um, great at communicating across all levels of the organization, just knowing here's where we are as a company, here's the implications on the strategy, and here's how all the different functional areas are, are chipping in to make that happen. Um, obviously, we saw some some short term impacts to that. You know, we've talked about that on on our earnings call in terms of you know events, um, those sorts of things. But our long term goalposts in terms of you know our revenue goals, our EBITDA goals, they haven't changed, and that's something you know, we take great pride in. Um, that is our vision, you know, over the longer terms in terms of our annual run rate, revenue, and EBITDA. Um, those haven't moved at all. So you know, we're still marching towards the uh, the same path over the long term. Um, also, not to you know, make light of, of a global pandemic, but we're also from a business standpoint, hoping to build you know, our verticals, build assets while we're going through the pandemic so that when our fans and our consumers are, are ready after COVID's over, we're going to have a bunch of new assets, new ways for them to you know, interact with us as an organization. Um, so once we get through this, we're you know, expecting to be ready for our, our fans and our consumers. Um, and yeah, I'd, obviously I'll throw in there as well, you know, fan team member safety are going to be first and foremost in everything we do. So uh, we're very much working in lockstep you know, with local state guidelines in terms of when things can open up. Um, but, you know, we're, we're pretty excited about what we'll have to offer when the world does approach normalcy again, coming out of COVID. Yeah. I love that. You know, this is, this is sort of a common theme that I hear in most business leaders is that in fact, COVID-19 was obviously to not minimize the impact of, of, of that at all. But it also allowed for companies to really, really build, put their head down and, and right. start building these product lines, mm-hmm. really make things better, cut, you know, excess and, you know, mm-hmm. make sure the company is, you know, set the company up for success when things turn around. Um, it allowed the com- you know, business leaders to sort of, you know, take a break and really put the head down and, and you, know, you know, and make sure the company is in a better shape. And feels like you're sort of, you know, you definitely took advantage of that sort of time uh, as well from your, from your company standpoint, which I'd love to talk about in the next episode um, as we do a more deep dive onto, uh, into your company. Sure. So yeah. I got a couple more questions uh, as part of this episode. Yeah. Um, I think we have to kind of talk about this really quick. You know, you yeah. decided to go public as a SPAC um, and mm-hmm. SPAC has been sort of frenzy in the last, mm-hmm. last year and this year as well. And tell us about your kind of reasoning and um, yeah, and what that what that process was like. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. Um, it, thanks for for the question, Beckley. Yeah, it was a good process for us. You know, SPAC again, special purpose acquisition company. Uh, we merged with Gordon Point Acquisition Corp. 
uh, in the beginning of July 2020. So we're now traded on the NASDAQ. Our ticker symbol is HOFV. Uh, you know, we were, we we're excited to complete that transaction. It obviously gave us access to you know, the liquidity that comes along with being publicly traded. Um, but you know, given that as a company, we also reiterate and we, we do it all the time with, with our staff, you know, being a publicly traded company, very different than a private company. You know, we're really cognizant of all the responsibilities that come along with, with being publicly traded, you know, including all the disclosures you've got to do, reporting requirements, uh, internal controls from you know, a finance perspective in terms of how we you know, guide the organization and make sure uh, we're doing everything that we need to do uh, as a publicly traded company. So that was a bit of a change, but you know, something uh, that, that the organization has really embraced and, and has really works, uh, worked with us on. Um, and I just reiterate, you know, our company is still really, really young, uh, given you know, we went public through this back less than a year ago. Um, we really see you know, ourselves, I mentioned our, our long-term uh, you know, goals in terms of revenue and EBITDA. Uh, so those are really you know, driven uh, with us being you know, long-term play based on you know, the diversity of, of you know, our three business verticals being destination assets, media, and gaming. But also the synergy, which you know, I'd love to jump into uh, greater detail with you, uh, whether it's next episode or whenever you'd like, Becco. But really think that's where you know we drive a lot of value as as a company and a uh, uh, resort and entertainment organization. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of a lot of investors are sort of hung up on on SPAC and like direct listing or IPO, like different ways of accessing the capital market. But at the end of the day, it is just that it is just a way of accessing the capital market. And once you're there, you know, you sort of have to put that behind and really look forward. And, you know, ultimately right. you have to get down to the fun, you know, fundamentals of the business, which, which, you know, you guys are, uh, you guys are definitely doing and love to sort of dig into that mm-hmm. more in the next episode. But thank sure. you for kind of walking us through SPAC and what that was kind of like. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I'd like to kind of, I'd like to, I'd like to close out this episode with one last question. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Um, for those who uh, who are interested in becoming a CFO like yourself, for those who are mm-hmm. aspiring to be in a position of shepherding a publicly traded company as a CFO, uh, I think this question would be uh, interesting. So, who who do you who do you look up to most um, generally? And perhaps this could be more industry specific or uh, field mm-hmm. specific, but uh, I'll just cast it out there. Who do you who do you look up to the to most? Yeah, you, you know, Becca, I I probably say. Uh, three people. So, okay. Um, you know, one of which uh, is I. You think back through you know, my career growing up. I, I've got to start actually at the beginning. So, you know, on a personal basis, you know, my mom. You know, growing up, it was just honestly me and her. Uh, she was a public school teacher for forty-two years, and just really instilled in me a strong work ethic. You know, the importance of education, of learning, and that's something I've I've kept with me. That's really helped me get to where I am today, never stop learning, whether it's, you know, reading books on uh, finance, you know, functions or, um, you know, growing a business, just different things that are out there that could just expand, um, you know, your horizons as a true professional. Um, And the second would be, honestly, now, you know, my wife, Maggie. So uh, I've moved around a lot for, for my career, for different opportunities, like we talked about earlier, Becco, and you know, she's really been the rock of our family. Uh, I've got twins at home, Matt and Emma. Uh, we moved around a lot. So, you know, I could you know, grow my career and, and end up with where we are today. But, you know, my wife's always been really supportive, my biggest fan, which really just let me focus on what I need to do at the office and, and driving the business forward. Um, and then 
I, probably the third person I, I always think about uh, when I think of the finance function is, um, you know, our, our company president, when I worked for Johnson & Johnson really early in my career, uh, he was a mentor of mine. Um, and, and I was sitting with him one day and you know, just talking about my career and, you know, how he sees finance within his organization. Uh, and he said, you know, Jason, that there's two people on my board that I value um, above almost everything else. And that's finance and HR. I looked at him and said, okay, well, why is that? What, what causes that? He's like, because they have the whole purview of the entire organization and I hold them accountable to doing that. So that's something, you know, I, I've kept with me through the rest of my career too, is I, I'm not just, you know, a bean counter. I'm not just reporting on results. It's really driving the business forward and being a collaborative business partner and understanding what, you know, leaders across all of our different functions are really doing from a goals perspective, what they're doing to drive the business forward. Like I mentioned earlier, just really providing that data-driven analysis uh, to help make the uh, the best decisions that we can. So I'd say probably those three people. Love it. I love that. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's awesome. That's awesome. Jason, that was great. Um, yeah. Awesome. I really look forward to digging into the company in more detail in the next episode, but thanks for joining for this episode. And is there any way if you know people are interested in learning about you more specifically or about the company, any resources that you want to give a, give a shout to? Yeah, yeah, no, I, absolutely. I, I point everybody to uh, uh, our website, which is Hofrico, H-O-F-R-E-C-O dot uh, com, uh, where they could you know dig into our investor relations site, learn more about um, you know our, our different businesses, see the latest you know announcements. Uh, we're also out there. Um, on, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and, and all the social media channels as well uh, for both Hall of Fame Resort and Entertainment Company, as well as our destination in Canton, Ohio, which is Hall of Fame Village. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thanks, Jason, for, for, um, for coming on to the podcast. And uh, thank you. Yeah, all for great. Listening. Thanks so much for having me, Becco. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Awesome. We look forward to having you uh, in the next episode. Thanks, Jason. All right. Great. All Sounds right. good. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll see you guys in the next episode.